This is a hat trick podcast. Oh, lovely. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Do you remember your sex education? Was it helpful to you? Was it filled with scientific information rather than real, practical advice? I'm Degree Weight, and this is the real sex education. Every other week, I'll be posing sex questions busting sex myths and opening up our mailbox to answer your relationship conundrums but in order to do this i need an expert a sexpert if you will but the only sex and relationship therapist i know is my mum hello mum hello digs hello and welcome to the real sex education i'm Digby Waite, and i'm joined as ever by accredited sex and relationship therapist kate campbell hello mum hello digs in this podcast, we don't like to keep mum's expertise to ourselves, and that's why we're going to be answering a couple of your sex and relationship questions that you submitted to us here at podcast at hatchet.com and via our Instagram and Twitter accounts, we're at Real Sex Ed Pod there. Those particular couple of questions are about someone getting labiaplasty, which don't worry, mum will explain what that is later, and a question from a young man about how he can last longer in bed. So do stay tuned for that. And mum, maybe start thinking of some answers for those. But before that, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about daddy issues. Have you, heard of, have you heard of daddy issues? Yeah. yeah. What are they? Well, we're either talking about somebody who's very, very interested in older men and being looked after, or, and this may also go hand in hand with it, we're talking about people who have issues relating to their childhood mm. and their relationship with their father, which interferes with their relationships now. Would that be fair? I think that's right. And I, and I did some, some my own look online and, and there was something that jumped at me straight away. Ooh. Because some people tried to take this quite seriously because I think a lot of people just say, oh, she's got daddy issues. That's why she says daddy in the bedroom. That's why she dates older men. That's why she does mm. this, she does that. But they, they say it's, a, it, you know, maybe they had a strained or non-existent relationship with their father leading to different attachment styles. Mm. And I know you like your attachment style. So can I quickly ask you, what is an attachment style? So it's the way we relate to people. So we have, there are different ways of conducting intimate relationships. And so when when we're in an intimate relationship or in a close relationship, then our attachment styles will become more obvious. Mm. So some people's attachment styles are obvious all the time. But mm. most people, you you, re- you would really notice them when they're in a close relationship. And there are certain features of people that that leads you to say oh that person has an avoidant attachment style and if you were to imagine the stereotypical person with daddy issues would you be able to say right their attachment style is x no i mean attachment might well change depending on your relationship with your parents but the thing is it would it wouldn't be you know oh i've got issues with my daddy therefore i'm avoidant it's it doesn't mm-hmm. follow i mean the, the the relationship with your father mm-hmm. would create your attachment style but it wouldn't always be the same one if you see what i mean yes yeah exactly yeah yeah what i would say is let's be very careful when we say father and daddy i think we're going to we're going to separate those two things as as different things for today and we're talking about 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's just make sure those are separate. Um, um, so would you say that daddy issues are real? Like, because it just it feels a little bit like one of these things that's just sort of caught fire on the internet where it's like, oh, they've got daddy issues. Well, hang on. What are we always talking about? We're always talking about unconscious fit on this podcast, aren't we? Yes. And what is unconscious fit? So unconscious fit is what couples have when they when they recognize unconsciously. So they're not aware of this, but something in them recognizes something in their partner, which reminds them of a previous relationship, usually Mm. with a parent. And Mm. so then they now want to put right whatever was wrong in that relationship through this new relationship. So they're going to do it again. So, I mean, Freud used to go on and on and on about reenacting, reenacting your traumas. And so this is an example of reenacting your traumas. And so if you had an absent daddy. Don't say daddy. No. If you had a, <laughs> which way around am I supposed to do it? I'm confused. It, no, an absent father. Is... So if you had an Thank absent you. father. Yes. Yeah. Not daddy. daddy is when we talk about daddy, that's the bedroom daddy. Separate right. daddy. In my eyes, very separate daddies. So confusing. Yes. Father versus daddy. Okay, sorry, sorry. So Bloody we're talking about, so if you had if you had a father who's who, not around who wasn't around very much, yeah. then you might look for somebody who was going to be very attentive and there and validate you and all of that sort of thing. But mm. what tends to happen is that you get involved with somebody who seems very attentive and always there, and then they get a job in Dubai and they're never at home. Mm. so essentially you do and so you reenact it yeah yeah and because of the honeymoon phase and hormones and stuff and because it's all unconscious you think this person's perfect but actually you don't realize that actually unconsciously you are detaching yourself to someone who's very yeah similar to i mean there are people who would say right they know that they have issues they know that they feel you know they lost their father not their dad. Mm-hmm. They lost their father mm-hmm. young or something mm-hmm. like that, or their father wasn't around very much, or they felt they didn't have a good relationship or something like that. And then they might go out and knowingly, consciously be looking for older men who take care of them, maybe, you know, give them money or look after them, buy them presents or something like that. So that's mm-hmm. more sugar daddy, isn't it? Is this the sort of thing you need to address in sex therapy or counselling or anything? Yeah. Have you seen anyone with, with daddy issues? Well, so pretty much everybody that you see has got some issue with a parent. It's not necessarily that there's an issue issue, if you see what I mean, that there's something that's that's ruining their lives and they need to take it to therapy. But when you when you think about the way you've been brought up, I mean, I should think most people, there's something that wasn't perfect. I mean, mm. most of us would say that. You know, you have a parent who thinks they're very um, helpful and then another you know, and their children might find they're intrusive or somebody who thinks they're constantly there and the child thinks they're never there. You d- you don't know. So most people have issues. But when people are thinking specifically, oh, that person's got daddy issues. If they've got issues, then there's there's probably something that they're repeating. So this isn't just one relationship where they actually do the work and put right the thing that was wrong in their past through the relationship. It's something that they keep repeating and repeating and repeating and repeating. And so essentially what you're saying there is everyone has the capacity for daddy issues and probably in some way will, regardless of whatever happens. Well, well, yeah, or mummy issues or anything. But I think, I think yeah. if we're thinking in terms of something that you label somebody, then it, then mm. you're looking at something that people would probably notice. Whereas mm. for a lot of us, the issues we have are not so obvious. 
They're, mm. they're being mm. played out, but they're not obvious to the rest of the world. Whereas somebody who can who keeps going for older men, who keeps looking for people who will take care of them, who expects to be looked after, you know, that that you, you'd maybe say, okay, well, they're doing this over and over again, and they're not interested in anybody who doesn't do those things. So, mm. Mm. And is, is that something that needs to be fixed? Not necessarily. That... If it's all right, it's all right, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I think that's daddy issues done and dusted. I'm sure someone's going to tell us, no, it's not. That is something else. <laughs> no, I think that sounds about right. I mean, what the problem is, they might talk about, <clears throat> I think what a lot of people talk about is now dad, having daddy issues is a code word for being into saying daddy in the bedroom, you know, and it's all that sort of stuff. But this is why I made I made the distinction, because in my head, having father issues um, is very different to doing the daddy thing in the bedroom. The daddy thing in the bedroom, I just think is like, if you call someone daddy, that's just essentially you being like, you're in control. It's like a power thing. It's not actually you're going, you're my dad, and I'm imagining my dad having sex with me. Because I do think that's a bit different. But I think actually, that's just it's just a way of, a shorthand way of saying something that I think is probably quite in at the moment, which is a sort of like dominant sub whole genre of sex Ooh, it gives me the ick Blah. well i know and i we're gonna have to talk about that as well because we've actually got a question Ooh. um i think we're gonna answer in the future about this about it because like, it just seems that everyone is sort of into that sort of thing at the moment are they well uh, well we'll talk about it then but essentially this we've got a question from someone saying lots of people are into it lots of lots of people think i'm boring for not wanting to be in it into it because i'm into more quote-unquote vanilla or loving slow tender stuff um and particularly girls think i'm really boring and because i'm a big guy that they expect me to be like that um and i'm not and uh i i wonder whether it's things like 50 shades of gray which have a lot of lots Ooh. to answer for maybe about popularizing this sort of thing but i don't know Mm, well, Fifty Shades is so not what kink and BDSM is actually about, and it's not safe. The the film, I mean, it's not what people actually do. All the books. It's just it, no, they're just you know fantasy. Yeah, f fine, that's a great fantasy to get off on. You know that mm. those books, but they're not safe. <laughs> I mean, absolutely not. There's no consent. I mean, I mean, no, they yeah. the woman gets to sign a form or something but yeah, it's not yeah, proper yeah. ongoing it's not what we no, would no, understand in. no no exactly it's consent yeah but there you go well that's something to whet your appetite for when uh, we answer that question um how would i diagnose myself with daddy issues is there any way that anything that i could look out for why do you want to diagnose anything why do you want to label and pathologize anyway mm. don't be so tabloid yeah, but what I'm trying to say is, is that should I be worried if I've got daddy issues? If I'm like, shit, I think I am going for a lot of older men. Should I should I think to myself, damn, I do think I've got is daddy it, issues. It, well, if it was doing you harm, mm. then I guess, yeah. But if it's not doing you any harm and you're enjoying it, what's the problem? The problem is, is that other people keep going, wow, you look, you seem like you have serious daddy issues. Oh, they can fuck off. Mm. Perfect. That's the answer I wanted. <laughs> I don't think you could have given a better answer. That's the perfect way to end this part of the podcast, I think. <laughs> we'll see you in part two with your sex and relationship questions and more right after this. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's the mailbag. Thank Katie Queries. Two podcasts at hatch.com. It's the mailbag. Thank Katie Queries. Podcast at hatch.com. Hello there. I have a query for Kate. I would like to know when the real sex education mailbag starts. The real sex education mailbag starts right now. Thank you. Welcome back to the Real Sex Education Mailbag, where we answer the questions you sent in to us on Twitter and Instagram at RealSexEdPod and on email into podcasts at hatchet.com. Mum, the first question we have for you today is from a fellow mum, and they ask, My daughter has told me she is going to have labiaplasty. How do I convince her this is a bad idea? Firstly, mum, what is labiaplasty? So it's trimming the the labia, the the inner labia of the vulva so the lips so that they are neater if you want them to be neater because they're because they come in a wide variety of shapes and sizes and Mm -hmm. I think maybe some people have seen people on porn who are in photographs who have very neat labia and think that that's normal but actually there's a huge variety and some people have one lip bigger than the other or one hangs down and the other one doesn't or sometimes they're very small sometimes they're very big you know they they vary an awful lot and some people want to have the standard issue if you like the ones that they've seen on porn or whatever mm-hmm. So I think what this mum is concerned about is that this is not necessary surgery. Mm, mm. And so I understand why she might want to talk to her daughter about it. But I mean, the daughter, I mean, she hasn't said how old her daughter is. And it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, obviously, if she's young, then her mum can maybe have a say in this and maybe control what happens. But if she's an adult, it's not going to happen, is it? She's going to just do what she feels like. Is it dangerous, labiaplasty? Well, all surgery is dangerous, isn't it? I mean, I mean, yeah. you know, an anaesthetic's dangerous, so there's a risk of bleeding, things like that. But I wouldn't, I, I guess, plastic surgeons probably would say it's pretty run of the mill. But it's not necessary. That's the point. And it's, and you know, once you start, I guess a lot of mums feel once you've started down that route, what will it be you want to change next? And it's just mm. sad that people feel that they have to do that, I guess. And is, in some is that going to bring real happiness to you if you do get this done? Well, I don't know. I know people who've had it done and who say mm. it really did bring real yeah, happiness yeah. to them. So, I mean, if, if it's something you have a hang up about and there's a way of fixing it, I guess they'd say that's a really great thing. As a mum, I guess I would think, oh, no, don't do that to your beautiful yeah. body. Don't. You know, yeah, but yeah, I feel body's... like that about anything you do to your body, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. I remember when I got my earring. Oh, don't. You... Yeah. <laughs> Break my not... heart. Yeah, I know. So I got an earring. I just remember I got the first one there mm. and that lasted about four hours because I immediately came back to your house and you were absolutely <laughs> fuming up the wall. And then we couldn't get it out. 
And then we were like, there were tears. It was a nightmare. And then the one that I got up there lasted a lot longer until it was like horrendously infected. Um, I really want to get it done again though because it looks <laughs> oh, sick. No, it didn't. It looked it ridiculous. Did. It looked so good. It looked that so good. Someone had hammered a nail into your ear. That's what I had done. That was the vibe I was going for. Anyway, what can we say to this mum though about what can we give her in her arsenal to to obviously not be like you cannot get this surgery if 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 this uh, if her daughter's old enough but what can we say to her to get her daughter to maybe reconsider so i mean it, if the lines of communication are open then i guess they can have a really good conversation where she asks her why she wants it done maybe she needs to understand why it's so important I mean, if I was a mum, I might also be worried about whether someone else was coercing her into into doing it. Mm, um, that's a, that's a possibility. So yeah. that would be something to investigate. But I guess all you can do is say, you know, is is there something that you that you feel really concerned about? Is there some reason why that why you feel there's something unusual? I mean, she she might want to show her some pictures of the wide variety of vulvas there are. Mm. On the wall of vaginas.com? Or oh, the Great Wall of Vagina is a really good is a really good opportunity because the Great Wall of Vagina is sort of plaster vulvas that were taken from real people and it's a great hundred a hundred vulvas and they're all mm. di- all so different and but there are lots of pictures online um mm. on sites which are not porn sites which are education <laughs> yeah. sites yeah there's nhs i think has a yeah. big one as well yeah mm. so that's worth having a look at and just and just talking to her but i mean if she's going to do it it's better to be supportive but it is it, this is the sort of thing that is really really awful that's really difficult for mums because yeah any any little change to your beautiful child is obviously a blow in the heart. Exactly. All right, let's move on. Our next question is from Anonymous, who says, I'm 17 and just started having sex for the first time. My girlfriend is more experienced than me and says I come too soon. I can only last about five minutes, sometimes less. What can I do? Well... I'm wondering how experienced your partner actually is because five minutes is perfectly reasonable. It's quite a long time, really. Um, You would only consider someone to have a problem if they ejaculate before they penetrate or immediately as soon as they do so that there's virtually no thrusting at all. Some people ejaculate sooner than they want to. And that and that causes them distress. And there are exercises you can do to try and last longer so you can recognise what's called the point of inevitability when it's impossible to stop yourself from climaxing. Some people can't recognise that point. And people with, with early ejaculation do tend to, to have difficulty recognising that point. So learning to recognise it can be really helpful. It may be that this, that this person is new to sex and so it's, is very anxious and so it's happening. But some people do just ejaculate quickly. I mean, for some people, it's just something they do. There are anaesthetics you can get to slow things down. So it's worth maybe talking to your GP about that. But it doesn't need to be a problem because it's not, it's not all about sex. And I think focusing on it it's probably only going to make it worse. I mean, sex therapy is obviously a possibility. Some people do approach sex therapists for help with this and we do offer it. Funny thing is, I mean, some people actually take antidepressants. SSRI antidepressants also slow you down a bit. So again, worth talking to your GP and experimenting to see what works for you. 
but it doesn't help when you have a partner who's critical that's for sure well that's the that's i guess the two parts of this question and what i will say on the first part for my end is what you said before is that that point of no return maybe it's worth going away yourself and you know when you are masturbating or whatever try and work out what that point is mm. and get to that point and then and then try stopping and then starting again and that's what i believe is called edging so also you're gonna maybe have a more fun orgasm we do anyway as well in sex therapy they called it a stop start exercise or experiment and actually if you do that you can you're supposedly you can have a much more intense orgasm at the end of it well there we go mm. but then we come to the second part of this question mm. which is i'm 17 started having sex for the first time my girlfriend's more experienced than me and says i come too soon i just fear that this is a bit like there's more to this than meets the eye yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. one of the reasons that sex therapists like to see people with their partner is because you, because the dynamic between the partner is often exacerbating the problem or causing it even. Mm. I mean, he probably wouldn't be thinking that he was coming too soon if she wasn't telling him he was coming too soon because he, you know, he might well be satisfied with five minutes. Five minutes is enough. She sounds like someone who isn't very ex experienced and thinks she ought to be able to climax herself through thrusting, which isn't possible for a lot of people. Mm, and yeah. for women, the, the climaxing through intercourse doesn't always happen regularly or if at all, ever. Mm, mm. So there's a lot more to it than just having intercourse. So she may not know that and she may think he ought to be able to go on for, for a lot longer which could be a problem as well, being going on for too long. But nobody would say five minutes is unusual or something to worry about at all. Because I, I swear before, when we talked about this, you mentioned that the average is like two minutes or something, yeah. or two and a half minutes. Yeah, not, not even so that actually long. So five is it, like you're, you're smashing the average, you're doubling the average. Well, it, it depends on the research you read, because some research says a minute. So basically, question answer, ask her, choose your research and show it to this girl. But, but <laughs> anything be like, between Whoa. between one and 10 minutes is within mm. normal range. And then once you get over mm. about 10 minutes, you, you, you know, that is starting to get into going on for quite a long time. So if she thinks he should be able to keep at it for half an hour, I would suggest she's not very experienced, actually. Or she's only experienced people who have a problem in the other direction. Mm, yeah i just wonder whether the hopefully the way that your girlfriend is phrasing it isn't in a mean way because in this i just instantly interpret this is this is in a mean way and you're like oh i've got to do this to please her but it sounds like the girlfriend's more experienced in watching porn than in maybe yeah practice where people think that you know going for longer equals better sex but ne doesn't necessarily maybe this mm. person needs to think okay maybe the sex isn't the best it could be or i'm not being fully fulfilled is it because i want my partner to go longer maybe or is it because there's other things that we can be doing as well that i would prefer mm. right well that's all we have time for this week thank you so much again for sending in your questions please do keep them coming in we absolutely love them they don't have to be personal as well they can be just general queries so you know obviously today we talked about daddy issues if you want to ask something about that so be it. Send them into podcasts at hatchick.com or our Instagram and Twitter page. Again, we're Real Sex Ed Pod. Also, make sure you're subscribed to wherever you're listening to this right now so you can be the first to get more real sex education when we return next week. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Real Sex Education, which is hosted by Diggory Waite and Kate Campbell. 
The show is produced by Diggory Waite and the executive producer is Claire Broughton. The Real Sex Education is a hat-trick podcast. This podcast is based on the real-life relationship between Diggory Waite and his mother, accredited sex therapist Kate Campbell. The show is therefore inspired by, but otherwise unrelated to, the TV show Sex Education. But yes, Diggory does wish his mother was played by Gillian Anderson. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 